I just got a bleach report said Javi did a swim slide at third. Ooh, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's a good slide when it's a, it, a, a bleach report. Bleacher like they're report. like, yeah, yeah, like the score doesn't matter. It's the slide. Well, that's exciting news. Andy, listen, I, I love that we've already started like this. I'm just going to say we're just going to do we're just going to do a rolling start today. Yeah, let's do it. So welcome, everybody, to the Dirty Slides podcast that is my voice, your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. I am joined by that other voice that you hear and know so well, my slider in crime, Andy Lazarus. What it is, Joe? What Andy, is up? I am cracking a Miller Lite right now because uh-huh. while we are a baseball... God bless it. Because while yeah. we are a baseball podcast, it is a, a tremendously exciting day in the sports world in general. Oh, we certainly. dabble, we dabble in many sports, um, but I think I, it, it would be safe to say I don't know. You tell me. Would do you gamble the most on football? Certainly. Yeah, I think we both certainly. gamble the most on football. I do yeah. some heavy NBA playoff betting, but I definitely gamble the most on football. So it's like it's gamblers Christmas. It's the, start of the, it's the start of the NFL season. Uh, we kick off today. Um, if you have any thoughts that you really want to like puke out about the NFL, please go ahead and do so. Otherwise, we will jump right into some baseball talk, which has been long awaited from us. I mean, I, certainly uh, the only the only thing um, I've got on the football season is uh, that um, that Trey Lance is a 49er. And I know he has a chip finger, but I'm telling you, this dude is coming this year. I think he's going to get a playoff win as a starter. It's my prediction. I made a prediction on today's NFL Dirty Sports, Dirty Sports NFL preview that said, I like you guys to make the playoffs. And I think you make the leap into being a contender when you get him in the starting lineup. I also predicted that the bears make a a similar jump when they also get their proven, uh, you know, mediocreness and Andy Dalton to the bench and get fields in. And I didn't, I did not predict a playoffs for the bears, but I did predict if they can manage to get him in there by week three, that they will finish ahead of the Vikings. Um, I like that a lot because the Vikings are the most unvaxxed team in the NFL. And uh, are you? I see are, them winning five games or less this year because of COVID. I think it's it's funny because like Captain in, in, Kirk's COVID. In terms of the gambling, like we'll know way in advance of placing our weekly bets where everybody's at COVID wise. But in terms of, um, y- you know, over under on on wins and losses. Super Bowl potential. Yeah, I am significantly taking uh, COVID vaccination percentages into my account. Yeah, certainly. I avoided all Vikings in my fantasy draft, certainly because of Captain Kirk and his COVID stance. 
Aren't you so happy that you didn't end up with Kirk Cousins? That was the talk for so long. God, dude, I don't know what would have been a bigger nightmare, ending up with Kirk Cousins or drafting Mac Jones. But uh, just the mediocreness would have been just terrible. I know you were, you, you know, I know you were anti-drafting Mac Jones mostly mm-hmm. because you just wanted an athlete. I did. Um, I, I do. And I they, always do. They seem to be bonering out over him in, in New England. Okay. I know. I, of course they are because they're just saying he's the next Tom Brady. My concern is always, and it's actually Tom Brady is an example of somebody where it was proven wrong. And I think that's why it can work in the Belichick system. But my Mac Jones hate comes from, I don't want quarterbacks from big dominant schools. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like that too. I mean, I know Trey Lance came from a dominant D2 school, um, but also I just don't like the Tom Brady comparisons um, with Mac Jones. Um, I'm pretty sure Mac Jones didn't get drafted as a catcher in the big leagues by the right. Montreal Expos. All right. If you get drafted as a catcher, you have a fucking howitzer. All right. Mac Jones does not. And that's one thing that nobody gives Brady enough credit for. He's got a cannon, a hand cannon. And Mac Jones is a not. pie thrower, as Mike Kruko would say. <laughs> well, that's our, uh, Dirty, dirty huddle. Yeah. Into the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will go right into baseball. And last, I put us on, I have us on a uh, 45 minute timer here starting okay. right now because we got football to watch. So we're going to be quick. We're going to be yeah. with it. We're going to be a, a dirty hobby slide into third base. I mean, let's, let's talk about thumbs down. We're, let's talk. Gonna, we have got a lot talk. of Mets stuff to talk about, Joe. I've been, I've been uh, thinking about the Mets ever since your, um, your savior owner um, started talking shit about professional hitters. Um, he said, you know, I can't believe that professional hitters can't hit. And to me, um, okay, Steve, why don't you put on a uni and get on, get in the box? Because I, I mean, I'm not a, a multi-billion dollar investor. But I'm pretty sure it's easier than hitting in the big leagues. I don't know. But I, I think know. it is. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure having I'm not sure building one of the like I'm not sure building a Steve Cohen level hedge fund. I think there's probably more people in any given moment in time that can hit 300 in the bigs or at least can get on base than can do that. But that being said. I am not I defending that. I'm not defending Steve Cohen. I don't know um, that there's more guys who hit 300 in the big leagues. First of all, nobody hits 300 in the big leagues anymore. Everybody's going for a big bomba. Right. There's probably 10 guys a year, maybe, that hit 300 in the big leagues. Don't you think there's 10 guys in the world who have a Steve Cohen level hedge fund? I mean, I don't know 30... where he I don't know where he ranks hedge fund billionaires wise, but yeah. he's, but it's enough to be the the richest owner in baseball now. And I'm not defending Steve Cohen, by the way. Um, I think Steve Cohen's antics, if you will, mm-hmm. is almost um, he's almost like I feel like he's almost like diving in and playing the part that he knew he was in a, in a way going to need to play. But then also has like taken it to the next level, which is I think he's essentially doing the if George Steinbrenner had Twitter act i mean i get that in like being loud and uh you know 
I mean, certainly it got me riled up. Um, I couldn't name you like six owners in the big leagues, you know, but I know who Steve Cohen is. So in that it's good, but I also, you know, like Javi Baez, give that a thumbs down. So I didn't love, I I like the Steve Cohen. I like the Steinbrenner. It has Twitter antics that Cohen brings, but I think he should stay away from talking, you know, like, like again, criticizing, there, you want to criticize like one or two guys and be like, I think this guy fucking whatever, like then go after it. But like going after your whole squad. That's for, not good. Yeah. No. Um, that being said, I am, I am not a fan of the thumbs down and I know. And, and what I'm specifically not a fan, by the way, I am like, I'm a man who hates um, authority. So, there's never been a coach. There's, you know, in my life, I had one or two coaches I really like bonded with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm kind of like, you don't get me the ball enough. You don't hit right. me high enough. I, fuck you, know. you, coach. Yeah, fuck you, coach. Um, and then, like, I, so I use that, that kind of shit to motivate myself. Yeah. And the amount, I mean, the amount of hand signals. And like under the radar criticisms, like I have had my forms of the thumbs down, but you don't announce it to everybody. That's where I think Javi then was like, why don't you just take your thumbs down thing and and do what you're supposed to do and be like, oh, it's, you know, kind of inside joke in the locker room, something that we're that we're using for motivation. You know, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. I wish you could tell you guys about it, but whatever. The other problem I have with it is it seems to be brought on by Javi Lindor, who, you know, Cohen gave 300 whatever million dollars and then gave Javi. Like Javi's there, even though Chris Bryant was so obviously the guy we needed because Javi and Lindor are buddies. And then Edwin Diaz is blaming his closing struggles on like, Lindor being out and not having his buddy there to like talk to him. I, I came to the, like Puerto Ricans just super soft. Is that the deal? They're just like super soft of, of all the Latino ball. Like it seems like there's some extra softness between, I, I think between these, well, okay. I think between these particular three Puerto Ricans, there's something going on. Uh, keep in mind that, Javi comes. I'm not. I'm not. First of all, I like the thumbs down. I like the thumbs down celebration. I like the thumbs down celebration. I like it to, uh, you know, you know, it's us against the world. Sometimes you need that on a team, you know. And if it's against your own fans, well, you know, okay. Um, but do you tell your fans that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see that part. I just. I just saw Javi. <laughs> Javi thumbs downing the Mets fans. And um, with all due respect, I was like, yeah, fuck you, Mets fans. That's what you get. Um, but here's what I was going to say. Javi is coming from an extremely soft uh, fan base in the Chicago Cubs. So it's a new situation for him. Um, they'll che- the Chicago Cubs uh, fans will cheer you no matter what. But also at the same time, 
I, I think intelligent Mets fans got to know what you're getting with Javi. You're not getting a 300 hitter. Totally. You're getting a streaky player who hits bombs and hustles his ass off. And I'm I mean, actually, I'm actually okay with everything Javi brings and what he doesn't bring. My biggest concern though, is like, it's not easy to play in New York from the fans to the press to like everything that happens there. And like New York fans, like, I was saying I've never booed. Uh, I've booed two people in my history as a Mets fan, Roger Cedeno, who's absolute fucking trash and Armando Benitez, who would just fucking blow games all the time. I'm not like yeah. a big, I'm, but my problem I'm is I'm not a big booer myself. You know, we've had the Jason Bays. We've had the Billy Wagners. We've had the guys who come to New York and like, can't really hack it because New York's just too big for them. Mm-hmm. And then they go somewhere else and they're great or they came from somewhere else and they're great and they just can't. And my problem is Lindor comes, he's hitting under 200 for a couple months. He still hasn't turned into Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Javi's there two weeks and he's, and the fans have broken him. I, like I have a fear that like we have turned the middle infield over to guys who are just straight up, not mentally tough enough for New York. Yeah, I mean, wasn't wasn't Alomar Puerto Rican though? I don't yeah. think, and, and, and Alomar sucked the, in New York. Did he? I mean, it was part of the greatest infield ever, wasn't he? No, our greatest infield ever was Edgardo Alfonso, Olarud, Ordonez, and Ventura. Oh, was Alomar uh, stunk was, when he was in New York? Really? Car- Carlos Baerga stunk when stunk, he was in New York. Right. We right. just have get- we. Our second base was a place where Hall of Famers went to die for many years. Maybe it's just like there's too many Puerto Ricans in New York and it's just there's too much, you know, there's too much pressure. You know, I don't know (laughs) what's going on with the Puerto Ricans in New York, but they really have let you down this year. But here's the thing. And then the thumbs out, thumbs down, like (laughs) the thumbs down things comes out. Alderson puts out a message the next day. We fire our GM for fucking being the drunk DUI coming from a Steve Cohen thumbs up party, like (laughs) all this stuff. And they immediately win, you know, six in a row and seven of eight and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's turned around. So it's like, listen, if, if this, if this whole circus, if it works, it works, bro. Yeah. If we're going to go fucking, you know, the queen zoo, then go the Queen Zoo. Yeah, but now we're losing games to the fucking Marlins and we're losing games to the Nationals. And it's like, hey, you made a little run. You got within three, three and a half games. And now you're on the verge of being eliminated again. And well, maybe I, it just goes to your point that uh, DeGrom is the MVP. Well, I mean, I think when you look at what's happened to this team since DeGrom went down, had DeGrom had the season he was having, I think he was the Cy Young, and I think he was the MVP. But, uh, you know, we don't have DeGrom, and that's killer. Yeah. What are you going to do? But conversely, I... Meanwhile, in San Francisco... See, I you had, you had no real hope. Zero. I mean, you, but you, had, you, did, you certainly didn't have hope like this. I was as down on the Giants as I've ever been I at the picked, beginning of this year. I picked the Mets, White Sox in the World Series. We agreed the Giants were going to 
we both agreed the Giants would turn around fast. But, but I didn't think it was this year. And now they're the best team in baseball. And they just, they're the first team to win 90 games. Yeah. Yeah. And they've actually got a black American player, which I've been asking for for forever. Lamont White Jr. Getting big hits. Buster Posey is back. Brandon Crawford's a, I mean, he's kind of an MVP candidate. Brandon Crawford has been fantastic. And yeah. the amazing thing about the Giants is that they didn't move him ever. No. They they easily no. could have moved him. No. I mean, honestly, if if you would have told me, if you would have given me the option early in the season or be, before the season, be like, Laz, you can trade Brandon Crawford for um, a couple of sandwiches and sign, sign Javi Baez, I would have done it. Now Javi Baez is hitting 190, making New York piss at him. And uh, Brandon Crawford is an MVP candidate. And all of a sudden, he's, his hair is like a little dry. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, not dry, but it's a it's little not dry. dry. It's, it's, uh, it's shiny, but it's not wet. Now, uh, to like talk to me just for a second, because there's so many, when a team's playing that well, there's so many members that have to contribute. Yeah. How much do you love Wilmer Flores? I mean, just as much as the day he showed up with, um, uh, hitting bombs off every lefty. I mean, like when Wilmer Flores showed up, we didn't hit home runs. We didn't hit home runs at all. And now he we're leading the league in home runs. He, like, it doesn't matter who you are. You, you could be prime Randy Johnson. If you're a lefty, Wilmer Flores owns your Murders life. you. He yes. owns you. Yes. And like in a playoff series, having a weapon like that, we never had a, a guy off the bench you know, since, I mean, not off the bench, probably but since he plays, Pat, Pat Burrell, you know, who just destroys lefties. He plays a or, lot of games at first base for you guys when it's a lefty, right? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. He'll play second base. He'll play third base. Like, yeah. he'll play all over the infield, and he will murder lefties. And it's awesome. I love Wilmer Flores. Yeah. And you told me I would, and I do. And um, speaking, you, It got dicey go there ahead. for a minute with the Dodgers. They, I think you did it. Did they ever pull ahead of you or was it just an even? They tied. They tied. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are still dicey, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care what, you know, how many games the Giants win. Um, the Dodgers are going to be a problem. Trey Turner plays second base. And I know he made an error the other night, you know, and yeah, maybe he's a better shortstop than Corey Seager. And maybe he should be over there instead of Corey Seager. But they have Trey Turner at second. Trey it's Turner. ridiculous. Trey Turner's going to be. They got Scherzer. It's ridiculous. If they're smart, Trey Turner will be their shortstop next year and they'll move. Like they'll just like, they'll send Corey Seager to the Yankees. Maybe. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, take fucking prospects. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to say if the Dodgers were smart because they've been pretty smart. Yeah. For about eight years in a row. But they're good at giving up on like. You know, my team certainly is like, you know, Michael Conforto is our um, is our fucking who's the Arizona State kid that used to play outfield for them. Lefty. Uh, like uh, Jock Peterson. No, like er, like three, four years ago. Uh, He was like their guy. Uh, Verdugo. 
now the trade of the Red Sox. Who, who am I thinking of? And then they were just like, you're never playing again. And then he was like out of baseball. Andrew tolls. No fucking shit. Uh, uh, He was like, he was like in the outfield with Kemp. Kemp. All right. What was the outfield with Kemp? Jesus. So many. I mean, they've had so many outfielders. Like, uh, some Dodger fan is listening to this. I'm just like, you guys. Oh, easier. Right, easier. Like okay. e- easier. You said a couple years ago, not like fifteen years ago. I mean, easier. What? Like, when was Lethier's last year? Four years ago. I don't know. If it was four years ago, he was hanging on too long. Twenty seventeen, two thousand six to twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah. But my point is, he was a 2010-2011 All Star. Yeah, and then. You know, 2014, 2015, they're like, dude, you're never playing again. And then 2017, they're like, you're out of baseball. Yeah. Like they're good at being at at taking guys who there is their fucking, you know, horse and being like, bye forever. Yeah. See ya. Well, but they always have a hundred new studs um coming up. I mean, I mean, who has even, more even rookies Kemp, a year. Kemp than was a fucking Kemp was an MVP. Yeah, Kemp was an MVP. They had like eight rookies a year in, in a row. They had remember when they went Taros, Mondesi, fucking Todd Hollinsworth, Ethier. Like they just, it's nonstop with those guys. Their farm system's incredible. Yeah, Matt Kemp, three time All Star, 2011, 2012, 2018. I mean, he was, he was like fucking, you know, an MVP candidate. And then they were just like, bye. We're moving See you. Ya. Like, See ya. Later. We got Jock Peterson now. Um, so the good thing is you'll have if you if you do hold on and win the division, you will get to face those, you'll get to face those Dodgers basically immediately. In the division round, divisional yeah. round. I mean, For, uh, how amazing would that any I mean, how amazing would just a any um, playoff series would be with the Dodgers, but if it was an NLCS, are you kidding me? Well, it would be an it would be, yeah, be a it would be a division series right now, right? If you guys hold yeah. on, um, San Diego, it's right now San Diego and the Dodgers, which is even better. Like then you have a chance of potentially escaping the Dodgers because you get a one game playoff. so SoCal fucking shove fest. Ugh. But it'll probably be the Dodgers because they'll be able to throw Scherzer if they're smart. They just wait. Right. Right. They're in no trouble of losing out a wild card position. Right. They're 13 games up on on San Diego. So to me, end of the season, you just sit Scherzer, make sure he's ready to go for that wild card game. Certainly. And I think we would do the same thing, you know. If we were in that position, we sit, I guess, I guess like they'd sit Scherzer, we'd sit Kevin Gossman. It's amazing. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, I thought, honestly, when, when they, they didn't trade for Scherzer, I was like, you know, dude, that's it. I was excited they got Chris Bryant, and Chris Bryant is a really good player, and I, I, I'm loving him. But I still thought we needed another another dude in, yeah. the, in the rotation. But... They've been great, man. Anthony DeScaffolini. And, and, and you Alex know, you, Wood. you guys got hurt by the fact that and like 
So this is a theory that I've been preaching on Dirty Sports for a while. A lot of fans are upset with me. Ruther called bullshit. But uh-huh. the bottom line is my my Max Scherzer theory is this. And they just and they did it again today. Like some article came out entitled like this guy does, will pitch against Godzilla or something like that. It's like he doesn't give a fuck. He's a, he's mad, Max, he's mad, 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 man, who you they were like, Mad Max, will you pitch in the on the seventh in the seventh ring of hell? And he's like, I'll pitch in the seventh ring of hell with with fucking Vaseline on my body so I can be extra hot. And they're like, will you pitch in Philadelphia? And he's like, fuck Philadelphia. Will you pitch in New York? <laughs> no. Will you pitch in Anaheim? Absolutely not. Will you pitch in San Francisco? No. So you'll just pitch for the current World Series champs. He's like, yeah, but also, That's right. but also fucking anywhere that there's a baseball, <laughs> but specifically only for the Dodgers. He's like, yes, but also in a trash can, <laughs> but not in a trash can in San Diego. Right. He's like, no, certainly not. He's like, I'll he's like, I I'll pitch for any of the California teams that are south of Santa Barbara and north of Huntington Beach (laughs) and not inland. I mean, I'm with it. I think he would have pitched for the Giants if we gave up uh, that uh, that catcher down in the down in the minor leagues. What's his name? They're our number one pick from a couple years ago. I think he would have. So you feel like the giant you feel like the Dodgers made a better offer. I think they've got more in the Trey Turner and yeah, I think the Dodgers have a better um, farm system and they've got more down there to offer. We've basically got that big kid and uh, Marco Luciano. um, And that's it. Helio Ramos, Helio Ramos, Ramos, but like, that's it. We don't have just prospects for days like the Dodgers do like um, whoever they traded over there. They still, they still got prospects coming out of the Dominican for years. They're fine. We're still rebuilding our our farm system. Well, I want you to know in what will certainly be a, almost certainly be a Giants Dodger series. I couldn't be rooting harder for your Giants. Oh, I mean, thanks, I, bud. I, I, you know, might have to re up me freshen up my New York Giants black and orange throw back go hard because fuck mad max and i'll pitch anywhere provided it's in east la i'm i am going to that series with brass knuckles yeah so let's do a quick loop around the league and then we can finish this up uh we're gonna keep it pretty short but we'll do a quick loop around the league and then we will finish it up by talking about the newest and damn near uh a hundred percent of the vote hall of fame inductee and Derek cheater (laughs) <laughs> Tampa Bay is nine games up on Boston, nine and a half up on New York, 11 games up on Toronto. And there's another team that plays in the AL East. that's 42 games back. Uh, I mean, the, all the, of a sudden the AL East is fucking on fire. Yeah. The Yankees are on fire. Uh, Toronto. All they do is hit bombs. Well, the Yankees are two and eight in their last 10, but Toronto has been on fire. Okay. And Boston has been like Boston went to sleep for a while. The Yankees got hot and yeah. now they flip flops. 
but Toronto's making a push for that second wild card spot. They're a game and a half back of the Yankees for the second wild card spot. They're two games back of Boston um, for the first wild card spot. They've won seven in a row. They're nine and one in their last 10. Seattle and Oakland are pacing them. They're two and a half back, but uh, Seattle still has a minus 53 run differential and A's, you know, are five and five in the last 10. It's like, it seems like if Seattle or Oakland are going to sneak in, which I don't think they will probably, but I have more confidence in Oakland sneaking in. But I also think that Toronto is going to get up there and bump out one of those two teams. And it could be Boston, Toronto. Uh, It could be Yankees, Toronto. Classic 1988 Ernie Witt v. Roger Clemens. Yeah. (laughs) Serious. I would love to see Toronto in there. I mean, it's been too long. Toronto's got – it's amazing. But Toronto has – the best run differential in the AL of a team not currently sitting in a playoff spot. They're yeah, it's wild. They're only behind Houston and Tampa Bay. Yeah, and not by much, right? Right. So I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the 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 literally the juniors, the Toronto Blit. Blue, the Toronto Blue Juniors to get in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I think it, like there's just never been a more clear path to Major League Baseball success than finding kids who used to walk onto all-star game fields with their fathers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> here's a picture just... of here's a picture of our starting lineup on the field at an all-star game with their dad. In 2010. Yeah. 2009. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you just sign all those kids at nine years old? At the home run derby, like like they do with like Patrick Mahomes' kid has a Texas Tech scholarship offer already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. O- offer Bo Bichette's jizz <laughs> a, a fucking a, a minor league contract. Yeah, exactly. Like the first thing that comes out of your girlfriend's puss has has a minor league deal with us. Yeah, and here's an extra whatever. And here's you know one point five mil. Just for your splooge. All you have to do, by the way, teams could do that and they could just tell their young, be like, all you have to do is uh, fly your wife to Santa Domingo when she's, <laughs> when she's getting ready to give birth. Otherwise, if you just have her here, have it here in the States, this kid's got to like go to college. Then we got to wait 10 years. Then we got to fucking whatever. There's little league like pitch counts, blah, blah, blah. But if she shits it out in Santa Domingo, we can sign them at four years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, get rid of the middleman. You know? Yeah. Uh, the American League Central is. The I'm Chicago actually White mad team. the Giants do not draft that way now. Instead of all these college white pitchers they get. Yeah. Never come up. I, I just got an ESPN update now that uh, Javi Baez crushed a 438 foot home run. Take that thumbs down, Mets fans. So, so, thumbs down. So, so swaggy. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> he probably he probably swung at a curveball that bounced at forty six feet, but then he hit the next fastball. Somebody threw him four hundred thirty eight feet. Don't you think, like, even if he's a borderline Hall of Famer at the end of his career, that there should just be a wing for him at as the greatest tagger 
and possibly slider of all time. Just yeah. I mean, just tell the story, man. Just like have have the Javi Baez swag ward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And other people. If you're the greatest in. tagger in the history of the world. You should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, the Central is the White Sox. My AL uh, World Series picks to lose are 20 games over 500. They're the only team with a positive run differential. The closest, the next closest team is Cleveland. Cleveland. They're one game under 500. We do not talk about teams that are under 500. So congrats to the rest of the AL Central for, I don't know, rebuilding or whatever. The AL West, Houston. Oh, they, I mean, no team. The Houston Revenge Tour. No team, no person, no, no entity besides Amazon benefited from COVID more than the Houston Astros. <laughs> the Houston Astros. Just got to skip the fucking boo tour. <laughs> the Houston Amazon Bezos. <laughs> they are five and a half games up on Seattle and Oakland. They have been in first place for God knows how long. They have a but Joe, this is the best thing possible, actually, because now Houston will be in the playoffs, full stadiums, and it will be an absolute boo tour, you know, every road game. And nobody uh, watching on TV, everybody's going to be rooting against them, you know. So they'll get a little bit. They'll get a little bit of comeuppance. And a much, bit. much like your NL West, it's highly likely that the two wild card teams will come out of the AL East and then have to take on the best team in the AL Tampa Bay Rays. So the AL East will sort itself out and, and you'll have one of those three teams into the championship series versus a winner of the White Sox and the Astros, which makes the AL playoffs very, very exciting. No. Yeah. It does not look good for my ace. Does not look good at all. But I mean, they're hanging in there. They're but hanging in. As far as as far as my World Series picks, not looking hot. And and we take we go over to the NL East where it's not looking hot for my National League World Series picks by New York Mets. Uh, they're hanging in, but I don't like their chances. I deemed their season over about three weeks ago. A month ago now, because I mean, I think we all know it's happening. They're gonna they're gonna win this series against the Marlins. They'll they'll win tonight, and uh, then they'll head to back to New York tomorrow, where they'll play a home game against the New York Yankees on a Friday. They'll bring out those awful black uniforms. They'll get swept by the Yankees, and the season will be over. <laughs> the curse of Benny Agbayani. Philly is two and a half games back of Atlanta. Atlanta is. Uh, 73% to make the playoffs right now. Philly's 30% and the Mets have a 7.4% chance. Milwaukee is 12 games up on Cincinnati. Cincinnati has no chance of catching them, but they are a, only a game back of San Diego for the second playoff spot. St. Louis Cardinals are two games back of them and the rest of the NL Central it will not be spoken of. The your Giants are two and a half games up on the Dodgers, who are 13 games up on San Diego. Who are the two? I mean, we know that likely the Dodgers, or you know, should something go desperately wrong, the Giants happen. Who do you think gets the second wild card spot? Do you think it is the San Diego Padres? Do you think it's the Cincinnati uh, Reds? 
I mean, if it's not the Padres, if the Padres lose to the Reds after spending all that money this winter, what the fuck, man? Have you seen the U Darvish pre sticky stuff, post sticky stuff numbers? It's not, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> like a 15 ERA in, in like August or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anybody needs like a quality playoff run, it's this guy, you Darvish, or a, a quality, you know, September run to get him in the playoffs. Man, he better find some spider tech fast. Do you believe, we talked about this on Dirty Sports the other day, is it of your opinion that right now Fernando Tatis Jr. is the NL MVP? Um, I haven't looked at his numbers, but I'm sure they're incredible. They're incredible. Uh, He moves to right field quietly. Yeah, how long has that been going on? I mean, I saw that. I saw him make a great play in right, but then I saw him back at shortstop. Um you know, not, not, not long after that. He's essentially there. He's essentially, they, they, when he was out, Cronenworth was playing shortstop and playing it. Well, he comes back, he comes back and he starts in the outfield. I don't know, three weeks ago, a month ago. Yeah. And, and they're just rolling with it. Just rolling with it. And honestly, this is going to transition us great, like perfect transition in the next story. But I think in my opinion, the fact that he did it quietly and the fact that they've been awesome, um, since he's come back to me, to me, that move to right field is part of his MVP his aura, candidacy, his, his unselfish superstar. Yeah. Ness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very cool. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see him like unleash the hose in right field and, you know, and it gives a, gives some love and some respect back to the p- position you know, for all those casuals out there that think right field is where you stick your lupus or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're your bum. Like not true at all when it gets to big boy baseball. Yeah. Right field is where studs roam. Post post high school and really even in good high school baseball, you're yeah, right. You're right. Your right fielder is better than your left fielder. Yes, certainly. Certainly. Um, yeah. I mean, like certainly, uh, He's certainly worthy of consideration. Like I said, I think B. Craw is, is up there too. Um, but, I mean, is there a more exciting player in baseball right now than Fernando Tatis? And I, and I, I, mean, and I think the pay, maybe, maybe the only, showy. Yeah. The only maybe more exciting is who will likely be the AL MVP, Shoei Otani, and yeah. uh, pitching, hitting. Babe Ruth and Godzilla had a baby and had Steve Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I want to talk about before I transition is I want to talk about Salvi Perez. What is it? Ivermectin? Is it the super juice? Like, what is he taking that he went from sort of your, your like, casual soft hitting catcher to just, I mean, he's hit 43 bombs or something like that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he had that many. Is that real? Yeah. He had four. He has 43. I thought it's like showy. Um, Vlad jr. Just got 40. He's got 43. He's got good guy. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Cause I mean, that was my ball. I think it's 42. Is it 41? It's 42. Oh, 40. Jesus. 
42 um, bombs. I, you know, I haven't studied him. He could have had a change of approach. I mean, career uh, I, 3, 11, 13, 17, 21, 22, 27, 27, 11 in a shortened COVID season. 42 yeah. bombs. Okay, but that's bucket. not. That's not crazy. I mean, he's not he's going 140. From, he's got he's got he's got 23 more games left or whatever. Yeah, he could get 50. Yeah, his career is 27. 50. OK, but like 27 is legit, right? 27. Is I mean, legit. it's not going at 27 is legit. So it could be a change of approach. You know, he's also he 32 be, years old. OK, OK, but still not like he's not 36. Right. Right. It could be a change of approach. He could be trying to get on that front side, you know, and letting that, you know, he could, could have been could have quit trying to squash the bug and got off his back foot and just trying to lean doing Frank Thomas shit, you know, trying to serve that pizza into the into the oven. You'll be excited to know that I golfed yesterday and did not uh, have a disastrous slice bomb off the tee. I had won the entire day. I have changed my approach into getting on the front side. Sorry, Joe, I lost you there, but oh man, of course you I, fucking did. Now I just now it was just some cringe. Now I just had some cringe to quiet like self grandization. <laughs> I said I I said you'll be happy to know I've transitioned into getting on the front side and only had one terrible slice off the tee yesterday. Hey, only one, only one. See, see, Joe, and you're how old? 42? Yeah, it can happen. Just although I've been playing golf for one year. Salvador Perez has been playing baseball for 32 years and has hit 40 home runs for the first time ever. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm not ready to call him a juicer. I'm a Sally Perez fan and I want it to be real. And I think he's getting on his front side and he's dropping bombs. This is the most insane fucking article that I've ever been tagged in. This is a breaking. I mean, it's by Wesley Steinberg, who's a 4,400 having Long Island dwelling NFL and New York Giants insider. This is the report I was just tagged in. Okay. The Ravens and Giants are in trade discussions for Saquon Barkley. Really? It won't be cheap as the Giants love Barkley and the Ravens are desperate after injuries to Dobbins and Edwards. I'm told the Giants want multiple first round picks. Um, I mean, if you could get multiple first round picks for a hurt running back, I'd do it. He will immediately run for 2000 yards. Oh, just yeah. Mar- just mark my words. 2000 oh, yards. He'll be an NFL MVP candidate. He was a fir- like. Um, but by multiple, like, I don't even like the phrase multiple first round picks because the word multiple could mean two. I need multiple, multiple. You need three. I, yeah. I need three first round picks and some more juice and a player. Anyway, that's, I guess we'll, we'll see if that happens. That, I all, mean, I it's mean, also the giants punting on this season. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they know he's hurt, man. Maybe they know. And if they can get, if they can get two first round draft picks for a hurt running back, maybe it's a good move. 
I don't think he could be hurt because then, you know, then there's physicals to be passed and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, the Ravens, I mean, they, they're desperate. I get it. Um, I would hate for that to happen to you. Anyway, I would love it to happen if it was for the right price, but like, I, I don't love, what do you need Four? you need four? No, I mean, I said a three, 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 and maybe some more draft capital of some regard and maybe a player that, that could three, help us three on and the, a third. Yeah. And maybe an offensive lineman or something. Somebody yeah. you can fucking actually help this football team. Since we're just trading rant, our thing is just ran. If you have a, if you have a first round bust lineman, we will take him off your hands. That's our move. That's our plan for the offensive line. Now we're only in this position because we have our own first round draft bust lineman. <laughs> let's get rid. Let's let's sever ties with Eric flowers and go see if some other team has a bust first round draft pick that we can fix. Why didn't we just fix our own first round busts? <sighs> I don't know, buddy, but that anyway, would blow. Anyway, the Eli era of a superhuman talent that was disrespected long during and after his prime is over. We are now, we are now, you know, our team is now in the hands of more less gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. And just not, not, no, no more for her during superheroes like Eli. Basically, this is a great transition into what we'll wrap the show on. Derek Jeter was inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't think that anybody alive who's ever watched baseball doesn't think Derek Jeter belongs in the Hall of Fame. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, the rings matter when it comes to Hall of Fame. Yes, the 3,000 hits matters. Longevity stats matter. Certainly. Doing it in New York. He's not. That matters. Yeah. Some guys, some Puerto Ricans can't handle that kind of pressure. (laughs) You know, picking up ground balls and throwing it to first base, maybe it doesn't matter that much. Baez will fucking get a ball up the middle that Derek Jeter never got, and then he'll glove flip it, you know, three feet short of Lindor, who tries to barehand it, and the whole thing goes to shit. It's like sometimes we just need a little Derek Jeter in the middle. That being said, the Derek Jeter. Did that hurt to say? Yeah, the Derek Jeter <laughs> slurp party hopefully has finally come to an end. He's in. <laughs> he belongs in. The idea that he got 97 or 98.5 percent of the vote is ridiculous. Joe, what we should do is get the one writer who didn't vote for him on the show. I'd love it. <laughs> I mean, who is that guy? Unless it's the same guy who didn't vote for DeGrom, who, who like voted Chris Paddock for Cy Young two years ago, um, then he, I, we, it would be awesome to have whoever that person was on. Uh, if you're out there, sir or ma'am, uh, <laughs> come talk to us. We want to know why. Imagine if We're, it was uh, if it was a ma'am. If it was just a unicorn. If it's like some like if it's like some, some hot twenty two year old writer for like the San Diego Tribune who like who who understand like blogs and uh, UZR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, look, he's got no range. I'm the sorry. Bikini bombshell baseball blog <laughs> vote. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. I, I'm just glad that the uh the slurp party is officially over. Um, a lot of the Boston fans came out in mass the last couple of days to show that like between 97 and 
2003, essentially you could stack two Derek Jeter's on, on top of each other and cover them in one trench coat and make their stats into one adult person. And they still wouldn't have been no more Garcia para, but, <laughs> but longevity matters. It does. It does. It does. It's hard to play. I mean, he didn't get hurt, right? Like he played at least 150 games at shortstop for 15, 20, I mean, almost 20 years, right? Yeah. When he, he had, he had that one season ending injury and then he came yeah. back post that for his hurrah. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're gonna, uh, give Eli his flowers for staying in there, you got to give it to Jeter too. Yeah. The difference of course, being Eli was surrounded by guys no one had ever heard of. And he turned them into like multi-millionaires. He's like, Martellus Bennett, you get a, $40 million contract and Victor Cruz, <laughs> you get to go to a pro bowl and Steve Smith, not the one who, you know, you get a hundred <laughs> catches. Other one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Derek Jeter was just like quietly collecting all the praise while hitting in front of Giambi and Tino Martinez and fucking Paul Bernie. and Bernie and Hideki Matsui and, uh, and Cecil Fielder and, and yeah. Jose Canseco and, and Daryl who Scott the Barry. fuck ever. Yeah. Uh, literally yeah. <laughs> the, the number one, a rod, a rod, a rod. Yeah, right. Like whoever was the biggest banger in that, you know, uh, before July 31, pick a year. Uh, he came to the Yankees and hit a photo Jeter. Yeah, truth. So, truth. and and we know we talked about it before with Tatis. It's like when a rod came to town, Jeter should have moved to right field, Jeter should have moved to second base, Jeter should have moved to fucking center field. But he didn't. He fucking made A-Rod play third base. You literally had a far better shortstop playing third base while old Brickfoot Jeter. Jeter was like, listen, technically, I'm just this shortstop on the scorecard. You can also field this entire side of the fucking (laughs) thing. It would have been interesting to see Jeter in center and do that kind of Robin Yount thing. You know? I think it would have... Because it's not exactly like if you can move to second base or you move to third base, it feels like a demotion. But moving to center is not a demotion. At I least feel like me. it would have been actually better for his legacy. Um, yeah. Because then all that shortstop shit goes out the window. And he's right. like the true captain. But like, I'd love to see the amount of jump throws. Remember the Derek Jeter backhand jump throw? Certainly. I'd love to see the, the numbers. Before and after a rod, how many times Jeter went yeah. into his whole backhand? Yeah, right. And and did the jump throw. We didn't see a lot of those in the in the the mid, you know, the 2010 era when didn't A-Rod, really need to. And a rod just comes in front and flips at the first base. A rod's just going to his forehand. <laughs> yeah, just like oh, <laughs> and and yet still. Ground ball up the middle, past the diving Jeter. <laughs> Put it on my fucking grave. <laughs> Ground ball up the middle, past the diving Jeter. Uh, Laz, do you have any other other stuff that you want to get in? Do you have any other? Uh... Yeah, um, uh, I am ending Venice Gaze 2021 in the next couple weeks. There's a three-part season finale that uh, started last week. Um, uh, the Scorpion Affair. So look for those next two videos. Uh, on your Instagram. Part two, part two to drop on my Instagram. 
uh, drops on Venice Gaze Friday. I'll drop on mine on Monday. So uh, follow Venice Gaze for all that. There's going to be 23 total episodes for the 2021 season. And, and for your number, 23. Yeah. I didn't do that on purpose, but just kind of. It just worked out. It just worked out. That way. And then the Gaze will be actually back on the field for gays will be back on the field Sundays, uh, 2 PM at Sarah high school. So anybody who's, uh, in the area, of course, come on down, say hello. Um, otherwise you can see, uh, the, uh, game, you know, uh, the game stories on our, uh, Venice gays Instagram every I was, Sunday. I was on uh, Lincoln Boulevard in like the, in like the, you know, between Westchester and like, uh, the 90, like I was in yeah. that strip, you know, where that like the gym is and like Culver Boulevard and all that. Yeah. I was like, like the Loyola Marymount area. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm behind like a hot Asian chick in a convertible and she's wearing an upside down A's hat. Now I couldn't see because she like had like the, the high backed chair. I couldn't see if there was Venice gaze in yeah, on the back or if she just, had, but I was like, it has to be, <laughs> it's gotta be, gotta this be the, the only one. Yeah, so I was excited. I was like, it's good to see the gays merch out there. Yeah, for um, sure. Guys, our Twitter is back. I did not go into the DMs today because uh, we've got a short show. We're going to watch some football here tonight. But uh, slide into our DMs at Dirty Slides. And the next episode we do will be kind of probably a playoff. Right preview. before playoffs, playoff preview, playoff yeah. preview, uh, slide into the DMs episode and you know kind of an end of the year wrap up so get your questions in for that follow laz on all his social media follow the venice gays i love their videos they're hilarious follow me on all social media at joe prano and on twitter at fix your life and uh do you have a fuck em or should we just go with uh past the diving fuck em? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what we need to go with. I think it's past the diving fuck em. Crown ball up the middle, past the fuck Derek Jeter. <laughs>